welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Peaceful Ease podcast. I'm Mario Pareca here with Ela Crane. And for this episode, well, let me start off by saying you can visit Ela at peacefulease.com and you can email us, hello at peacefulease.com. And I want to start off this episode, Ela sent me a poem that is remarkable. It's a roomy poem and it's called The Guest House. And this just really made a profound impact on her when she read it. And then she sent it to me and I read it. And it's very deep. It's very powerful. And so I'm going to turn this over to Ela and let her just kind of dive in deeper because it's really a beautiful poem. And you'll see here in a minute after you hear it. So it's called The Guest House. And by the way, we'll put the link to the poem in the show notes so you can go read it. You can print it. You can check it out. So we'll make sure to share it that way as well. So The Guest House. The Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of his furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thoughts, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door, laughing, and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Welcome difficulty. Learn the alchemy through human beings now. The moment you accept what troubles you've been given, the door opens. That's powerful stuff, Hila. Beautiful, isn't it? Words are powerful, especially when there's that energy behind them. And I think that with Rumi, he radiated such an energy and still does, even though he's not physically here any longer, that it just carries through his words. Absolutely. And I think he described the human condition really well. Because we label things. It's like as if we go through life with a labeling machine in our hands. So this is good. This is bad. I like it. I don't like it. I want this. I don't want this. And this poem to me, when I read it, made me realize that everything is welcome because we are like guest houses and our doors are open to whoever turns up. That's the nature of being a guest house. You don't judge your guests. You just say, welcome, come in. How can I help you? Do you need a room? Would you like to eat something or have a drink? 
looking at the poem again now, and it says, like, there's just this one part that really stood out to me each time that I read it, and it's the part that says, he may be clearing you out for some new delight. So, even when things that we perceive to be bad or not good happen, you never know what's on the other side of that. It may be happening so something better can show up, and most times it is. And then the part right after that, the dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. So, it's not like just let them in because you think it's going to be the right thing to do or because someone else said to or it's going to be better. It's meet them at the door laughing. So it's not just the act of inviting them in. It's the manner in which you invite them in. Yes. And for me, it's exactly what we talked in the last episode about the clear space, you know, peace being like a clear space where anything can emerge. And in Buddhism, they talk about a similar concept with emptiness. And in the West, the word emptiness generally is perceived as like this nothingness. And it's not, it's not nihilistic at all, this concept. Maybe the way I think of it from my understanding is it's more like potentiality, the possibility of anything happening in that space. And I think Rumi is talking about a similar thing, he may be clearing you out for some new delight. So what you think that you lost may be the foundation, the space you needed for something better to emerge, which is beautiful. It is. And one of the things that's been coming up a lot for me lately, and it's funny the way these themes come up, but even in my own podcast, we talk a lot about, you say, the silence or the emptiness, and I'll never forget, I think it was, a mu- it was a musician, I can't remember exactly which one, but the quote was very profound because he said, without silence, there would be no music, because it's the silence between the notes that creates the music. That's similar to what we're saying here, is that, you know, without the silence, it would just be noise, it would be one sound that carries <laughs> forever. And so, it's that silence that means so much so much more than we give it credit for. Yeah. Because we think of it and we put this perspective on it that it's bad because it's empty. There's nothing there. We need to fill it. But maybe not. Maybe it's there for a reason. And without it, there would be no music. Yeah. I wish there was a letter to describe silence in our alphabet. You know, just like you just put silence after this conversation and let the reader just digest it. So with this poem, the reason why I wanted to share this with you and with our listeners, because in essence, it's reminding us why we are here. I believe, so it's like a little bit science fiction, but imagine us signing a contract before we were born, you know, as little spirits or angels or whatever. And the deal we signed up for is this that we are going to come here and we are going to experience every single human emotion that is available. There are no exceptions. And we accepted that. We put our signature onto this contract. So we are here to experience jealousy. We are here to experience love. We are here to experience sadness, depression, desire, Yearning, fear, all of it belongs to the human condition. And we are here to experience them all and to be a guest house for them all. 
and to open the door with a smile and say, okay, I see my fear. I see my desire. And it's okay, it's welcome. Because this is what it is like to be a human. And not label things as good or bad, but just experience them and watch them come, stay, and leave. Again, that's the nature of being a guest house, that your guests come, they stay, and they leave. And it's the same with every emotion. They're here to pass by. Unless we stop them, we lock them in a room, or we block them so we don't open the door for them. And then they are just accumulating in front of the door because they want to pass by. So unless we do that, they're here to come and go. And it's not a big deal. And meditation or similar practices gives us the possibility of watching these emotions come, stay, and leave. And it's okay to feel all that. There's nothing wrong with any of it. And when you said they kind of pile up at the door, that really brought a vivid image to my mind of some people who, you know, they don't want to feel certain things. So they shut that emotion off. But then it's only a matter of time before it piles up so much that it breaks through the front door. And then it becomes an overwhelming experience because there's so much there that they just haven't acknowledged up to that point. Yeah. And so that's a really good vivid visualization of what happens when we don't acknowledge how we feel and then decide, we make a decision. When we feel something, we make a decision. What am I going to do about this? When we either put it in context, it's not good, bad, right, or wrong. It is what we make it. So we make that decision and then we act on that. And sometimes we don't have to do anything. We can just feel it and move mm -hmm. on. But you can't get to that point if you don't let them in. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest, like for those ones who feel like they need to block an emotion, just notice that it's fear. Whatever you're trying to block, it may seem like something else. Maybe you don't want to be sad. I mean, who wants that? But what you're doing is like you're using fear to block sadness. You're using one emotion to block another emotion. And the biggest fear we all share, it's not actually like loneliness or darkness or fear of failure, which is very common, but the biggest fear we all share, which immobilizes us, is the fear of being afraid. So we kind of freeze because we are so afraid of being afraid that we don't move. But in a way, it's rather silly because we are already afraid. It, one of the events that I've gone to in the past, a leadership event, I'll never forget this. One of my mentors said that all fear is projected because as we're sitting here right now in the current moment, we have everything we need. We're good. We're equipped for this moment. And that's the only moment that exists. But if you are afraid, it's because you're afraid of something that may or may not even happen. You're afraid that you may feel pain, that you may feel anger, that you may feel sadness. And so you're projecting and allowing a future moment that's not even here to influence the perfect present moment that you have now. 
So when you think of it that way, fear sounds very silly. And to take it a step further, if we are, and I agree with you 110%, it's amazing that we're afraid of being afraid. (laughs) And we are, and it's true. (laughs) And if you look at it that way, you're afraid of feeling about something in the future that may or may not even happen. And it's affecting you today. So it's like when you put it in that context and perspective, you can see how fear is like, it's not easy to do because we're wired for it. But consciously over time, you can start to let it go. I I think. And the best cure for fear, which is the opposite of fear, is love. It's not courage. If you could just open your heart, And like we talked, like look around with fresh eyes like you did when you were a child, this curiosity and amazement and wonder and just stop judging yourself or your environment for a moment and just open up to it, what is right here and just stay here for a second or two without going to the past or the future then you can feel that connection and then you can feel your essence and your strength because there's so much strength in us that we don't use because our mind habitually turns towards the bad case scenarios. But if you turn inward, you can notice that there's so much wisdom within and so much love waiting to be expressed and shared and so much connection. And I think what you said there, there's one thing that really caught my attention. I mean, all of that, but there's one thing that really stood out and that's feeling your essence. Mm -hmm. Because I think that when we really feel our essence, we acknowledge, not just feel it, but we acknowledge it and embrace it and accept it. I think that in and of itself helps a lot of fear go away too, because then we give ourselves the permission to show up as who we really are. And that's the most powerful version of ourselves. Yeah, I totally agree. And with this poem, I hope it will inspire people. Please go and read it again and again. It's very deep. It's like there are different layers to it. And if you could live from this point Rumi is describing of being a guest house, being open to whatever comes, and letting them pass by. It will be a different you living a different life. That's powerful. And I think that's a great way for us to kind of just let people grab a copy of the poem online, read it, absorb it. And this is a poem that if Rumi, anything pretty much Rumi wrote, if you go back and read it again and again, you'll find something new in it every time. Yeah. Absolutely. Like as if his writings change as time goes on. And that's because we arrive at different levels to perceive different things. Yeah. And I think that there's just a certain energy behind certain people's writing that makes it almost be a living, breathing thing. That every time you read it, you get a new perspective. You find something that you didn't like. Just from a literature, literary standpoint, I think Shakespeare is very similar that you can go back and read his plays and things that he's done. And there's just, there's like a life to it. And I think Rumi is the same way and other philosophers. And I think the Bible is a text that's very similar to that. 
you go back and just read it, you always find something new. There's always something there. And it's that energy of the text. It's not just text. It's actually like a living, breathing thing that has energy behind and a soul behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope we can leave you with a roomy energy and don't forget to be a guest house. Be a guest house. (laughs) And check out Ela's guest house at peacefulease.com where you can... Join in the conversation and be part of this whole process and, you know, shoot an email over to the show at hello at peacefullease.com. Again, it's a two-way street. So let's all have a conversation together and many minds will always increase the energy. Right now we've got two, but we were going to keep adding them to the mix as we go along and shaping the content and the message and the power that's behind it. So, Ela, thank you so much for sharing that poem, for showing up again as you always do and just opening us up to so much insight. Thank you, Mario. And thank you, everyone listening out there. And I want to remind everyone to go to peacefullies.com where you can subscribe to the podcast as well. Don't forget to do that so you never miss an episode. And Ela, do you have anything you want to leave people with a question or anything before we sign off? Yes, I would like to ask them to see if they can find out which emotions they block which emotions accumulate in front of the door. Generally, there are a few that for everyone that we are afraid of, whether it's sadness or depression. But if you know which ones you're blocking, you can perhaps unlock the door for them so they can pass by. You can email those over to Ela when you find them, and I'm sure she'll be happy to talk you through what that means or share a few tips to help you let some in and let them in laughing. Absolutely. I look forward to that. Ela, thank you so much. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca, and we look forward to speaking with you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.